Once again, I want to encourage you to take your Bible and open it with me to Jeremiah chapter 32. We'll get to that in just a moment. Over the past few Sundays, we've been in a lesson series entitled Knowing God. Our ultimate goal in this series is that as we grow in our understanding of God's attributes, we will also grow in our appreciation and adoration of God. In our first lesson, He is Omniscient, we focused on the fact that God knows everything about everything, past, present, and future. In our second lesson, He is Omnipresent, we learned that God is everywhere, at once, all the time. And today's lesson is, He is Omnipotent, that is, God can do anything. He is all-powerful. I was reading recently about the power of the sun, Did you know that the sun produces more power in one second than has been used in the entire history of planet Earth? At the current rate, scientists estimate that the sun can burn for another 30 billion years before it runs out of power. Now, that's a lot of power, but it isn't nearly as great as the power of God who created the sun. The prophet Jeremiah explains it like this in Jeremiah 32, verses 17 through 22. Follow along in your Bible as I read. Jeremiah chapter 32, we pick it up with verse 17. Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing's too hard for you. You show love to thousands, but bring the punishment for the parents' sins into the laps of their children after them. Great and mighty God, whose name is the Lord Almighty, great are your purposes and mighty are your deeds. Your eyes are open to the ways of all mankind. You reward each person according to their conduct and as their deeds deserve. You perform signs and wonders in Egypt and have continued them to this day in Israel and among all mankind and have gained the renown that is still yours. You brought your people Israel out of Egypt with signs and wonders by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm and with great terror. You gave them this land you have sworn to give their ancestors, a land flowing with milk and honey. I like the way that the message paraphrases verses 17 and 20. Dear God, my master, you created earth and sky by your great power, by merely stretching out your arm. There's nothing you can't do. You perform signs and wonders and continue to do so right into the present. Great and powerful God named God of the angel armies, you've made a reputation for yourself that doesn't diminish. Knowing God, he is omnipotent. Omnipotence, again, simply means God is all powerful. Nothing is too difficult for him. There's nothing that he can't do. His power has absolute potency. He is almighty, a word that's used 56 times in the Bible and only in reference to God. His power is unlimited. His strength never needs to be replenished. He never gets tired or exhausted. Again, God is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. Now, we see evidence of God's almighty power displayed in at least three different areas. First, his power is displayed in his creation. In his creation. 
Psalm 19, verses 1 and 2 reminds us, The heavens tell of the glory of God. The skies display His marvelous craftsmanship. Day after day they continue to speak. Night after night they make Him known. Psalm 33, verses 8 and 9 puts it like this, Earth creatures, bow before God. World dwellers, down on your knees. Here's why. He spoke and there it was. It was in place the moment He said so, and that's exactly what happened if you read the account of creation in Genesis chapter 1. And God said, and there was. God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God said, and there was, just like that, at his spoken word. His power is displayed in his creation. Second, it is displayed in his son, in his son, Jesus displayed God's power during his life and ministry here on this earth. Well, we would expect that if he was God in the flesh. We would expect that God's power would be evident in him, and it was. He had power over nature, over sickness, over Satan and demons, even over death. The power of God was seen very clearly in his Son. And then third, God's power is displayed in his people. In his people. And this is where I want us to focus our attention this morning. I want to zero in on this thought about God's omnipotence, and that is that God's power is available to me. God's power is available to you. Ephesians 3, verses 19 and 20 explains it this way I pray that you will begin to understand the incredible greatness of his power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. Yes, the resurrection power that raised Jesus from death to life again. That same amazing, almighty power, God says, is available to us as his children today. Knowing God, He is omnipotent. This morning, let's explore what it means exactly that God's almighty power is available to us. Let's begin with the application of God's power in my life. The application of God's power in my life. Perhaps there are many, many different ways that God's omnipotence can be applied personally in our own lives. But let me just highlight two of them today. Number one, God's power gives us the power to get going, the power to get going. How many of us have a list of things that we would like to do, but somehow we never get around to it? We all have good intentions. Someday I'm going to lose weight. Oh, I really need a little more exercise. I know I should read my Bible and pray every day. I ought to break this or that bad habit. I need to write this letter or make this phone call. I've just got to get my finances under control. Someday, you know, I'm going to volunteer to serve in my church or community. And on the list goes. We want to do something, but we just can't seem to get going. Perhaps Paul put it best, Romans 7, verse 18, I often find that I have the will to do good, but not the power. Notice how he said that, the will, the want to, but not the power. 
William Barclay translates the same verse, the ability to wish to do the fine thing I possess, the power to do it I do not possess. New Living Translation simply says, no matter which way I turn, I can't make myself do right. I want to, but I can't. I mean, can you relate to Paul's frustration here? Of course, we all can. Well, here's the good news. God can give me the power to perform. God can give me the power to perform. When I'm helpless, God helps. When I'm powerless, God's power can help me to get going. Don't miss these scriptures from 2 Corinthians. It is not that we think we can do anything of lasting value by ourselves. Our only power and success comes from God. Our glorious power is from God and is not our own. Philippians 2, verse 13. For it is God who is at work within you, giving you the will and the power to achieve his purpose. Don't miss that. The will and the power come from God. So when I lack the power to get going, God can give me the power to perform. Number two, God can also give me the power to keep going. The power to keep going. For many of us, it isn't getting going that's the problem. It's keeping going. We are good starters, but we are not such good finishers. We all have all these projects that we started and we have never completed. We get tired. We want to give up. We lose interest. It would be so much easier to just quit. We can identify with David in Psalm 6, verses 2 and 3. I am worn out, O Lord. Give me strength. I'm completely exhausted and my whole being is deeply troubled. Or we can relate to Solomon's feelings in Ecclesiastes 2 and verse 1. As I looked at everything I had worked so hard to accomplish, it was all so meaningless. It was like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worthwhile anywhere. You ever feel like throwing in the towel? Like you just can't keep going. Well, here's the good news. God can give me the power to persist. God can give me the power to persist. When I'm powerless, God's power can strengthen me to keep me going, to help me to endure, to empower me to persevere. I love the promise in Isaiah chapter 40. The Lord is the everlasting God. He never grows tired or weary. His, he strengthens those who are weak and tired. Those who trust in the Lord for help will find their strength renewed. They will rise on wings like eagles. They will run and not get weary. They will walk and not grow weak. So when I lack the power to keep going, God can give me the power to persist. The power to get going and the power to keep going. Those are just a couple of examples of the application of God's power in our lives. But in reality, I mean, let's be honest, most of us never experience the power of God at work in and through us. We're pretty powerless and weak. Why? Because although God's power is available to us, we never take the steps to plug in to that power for daily living. We're living with a power shortage, or for some of us, maybe it's just a power outage in our daily lives, which brings us to the second main thought that I want to emphasize in today's lesson, and that's the appropriation of God's power in my life. The appropriation of God's power. How do we appropriate God's power? How can we tap in to 
His omnipotence. How can we plug in so that we do have the power to get going and to keep going each and every day? Well, it seems to me that it boils down to two simple steps. First, I must accept my own, un, my own limited supply of power. I must accept my own limited supply of power. If I'm going to experience God's mighty power in my daily life, first I must admit that I, in and of myself, have a very, very limited supply of power. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 and 10, Paul wrote, His, God's reply, has been, Where there is weakness, my power is shown the more completely. And Paul says, Therefore I have cheerfully made up my mind to be proud of my weaknesses because they mean a deeper experience of the power of Christ. My very weakness makes me strong in Him. You see, we've got to accept our own weakness. We must admit that we are not self-sufficient. We've got to come to terms with our own inadequacies. The fact is we cannot, in and of ourselves, meet the challenge of getting going and keeping going. We desperately need God's power. But as long as we are saying, I can do this myself, leave me alone, I can handle this on my own, As long as we're plugging into our own power and and trying to make it in this life by our own strength, we're going to fail. And the fact is, if we're plugged into our own power, we can't be plugged into God's power at the same time. And so first, if I'm going to appropriate God's power in my life, I must accept my own limited supply of power, which brings us to number two. I must access God's unlimited supply of power. This follows logically on the heels of the first step. Once I've come to terms with my own limited supply of power, then God has me, honestly, right where he wants me. Now I can plug in to his unlimited power for my daily life. Second Chronicles 14.11 says it so well. Lord, there is no one like you to help the powerless. Empower us, O Lord our God. Conduct your power in and through our lives, for we are utterly and totally dependent upon you. You see, when we accept our limited supply, of power. When we realize that we in and of ourselves cannot get going and keep going day after day after day, then we're in a place where we can actually access God's unlimited supply of power for our lives. Here's the question. How? How do we access God's unlimited power supply? Well, the Bible says that faith is the key. And this faith is demonstrated in Three very distinct ways. First, in faith, I must believe. In faith, I must believe. Simply put, I must not doubt God's power. I must have unwavering confidence that He is omnipotent. I must fully and completely trust that His unlimited power and unending strength are actually available to me. It was this belief in God's power that finally brought Job around in the end. In Job's own words, Job 42, verse 2, I know, Lord, that you are all-powerful, that you can do everything you want. Jesus put it this way, Mark 9, verse 23, Everything is possible to him who believes. There's that key word, believes. In Matthew 9, verse 29, Jesus told a blind man who wanted to access God's healing power to see again, according to your faith, 
it will be done to you. Let that one sink in for a minute. I just wonder, what if God said those very words to you or to me? According to your faith, it will be done to you. Unfortunately, that's where many of us probably fail to plug into God's mighty power because we just, frankly, do not believe that He is omnipotent. We don't really believe that He can or will do something for me. And so we doubt and we don't trust. God has the power. The question is, do we have the faith to believe Him for that power? Or let me just restate the question this way. What are you believing God to do in and through your life today? What are you believing God to do in and through your life today? Is there anything that you are believing that is beyond your power, beyond your ability, anything that's so big only God could possibly accomplish it in and through your life? Is there anything that big that you are believing God to do for you? So first, in faith, I must believe. Second, in faith, I must speak. In faith, I must speak. Simply put, I must verbalize, I must proclaim out loud what I believe God can and will do in and through my life. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 3, in the scriptures it says, I spoke because I had faith. We have the same kind of faith, and so we speak. Now, maybe this is a new thought for some of you, but this is a critically important test of our faith. Do we believe God enough to say it out loud, to tell others, what we are believing. Do we have enough faith in God to announce it? (laughs) To write it down? You see, goals are essentially a statement of faith in God. You show me the size of your goals, and I'll show you the size of your God. Look what Jesus said, Mark 11, verses 22 through 24. Have faith in God. I tell you the truth, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. (laughs) Now, I admit that this is a very difficult passage for us to swallow. And I'm not about to pretend that I fully understand it myself. But this much I do know. We often short-circuit God's power with our mouths. We pray, God, please restore my marriage. And then all we can do is badmouth our spouse and tell everyone all the reasons why the relationship's never going to work. Or we say, God... I believe you can break the chains of this addiction in my life. And then we tell others the 29 excuses why we can't stop smoking or drinking or using. Or we ask others to pray for us that God would heal us from an illness or an injury. And then all we do is moan and groan about how bad we feel or about how poorly the doctor is treating our condition. Or we pray, God, would you please bring revival in our country? And then all we can do is snipe and complain about our leaders. Am I making sense? Frankly, we sabotage our faith by our fearful attitudes and our negative talk. So in faith, I must speak. And then third, in faith, I must act. 
In faith, I must act. This is the ultimate test. I mean, if you don't hear anything else that I say today, please don't miss this. In order to plug in to God's power in my life, in faith I must believe and in faith I must speak, but ultimately it comes down to this, in faith I must act. And here's the tough part. Many times I must act first before God's power is released. I must step out in advance for God's power to be demonstrated. I must act as if I have the power in order to get the power. Let me say that again. I must act as if I have the power in order to get the power. Now, hear me out on this. Some of you are waiting on God when in reality, God is waiting on you. You must take the first step in faith. Don't wait until you feel like it. If God is leading you, if you are walking in step with the Spirit, then just do it. (laughs) Take action. Obey. Now, lest you think I've lost it completely, let me remind you that this is a biblical principle. There are many, many, many examples in Scripture where God's people took the first step and then God released His power. I think of Noah, who by faith built an ark before it had even rained a single drop on the face of planet Earth. I think of Abraham, who by faith pulled up his family roots and he went on a journey even before God had revealed his final destination. I think of the widow of Zarephath, who used the last of her oil and flour to prepare a meal for Elijah before she had any idea that God would provide her with an unending supply of both. I think of Joshua and the Israelites who entered the promised land by stepping into the Jordan River while it was still at flood stage, while unseen to them 19 miles upstream, God had stopped the flow of water to allow them to cross on dry ground. Now, if it had been up to us, (laughs) well, if I'd been Noah, I would have said, you know, God, I think I'll wait till it starts raining before I build the ark. I don't need an ark now. It's not even raining. Or if I'd been Abraham, I would have said, God, wait a minute. Before we go anywhere, I got to know where I'm going. Show me on the map. Uh, give me the GPS location here. Let me, let me know where it is I'm going, because I'm not about to take a journey if I don't know where I'm going to end up. Or I think of the widow of Zarephath. I probably would have said, eh, God, why don't you fill up the jars of oil and flour first? Let me see it first, and then I'll make something for Elijah to eat. Or Joshua and the Israelites. <laughs> I probably would have said, God, you know, I can't see that you've stopped the water 19 miles upstream. You said you have, but I'm going to just kind of wait here for a little while. I'm going to see the water slow down, and I'm going to wait till the the ground gets dry before I put my feet out there in that riverbed. See what I'm talking about? Somebody said, if you want to walk on water, you got to get out of the boat. (laughs) And that first step is so hard, isn't it? But for some of us, that's exactly what God's waiting for us to do. Do we have the faith to get out of the boat? To take that first step? 
trusting that God will supply his power. So in faith, I must act. Well, how can I appropriate God's power in my daily life? How can I plug into God's omnipotence? It all boils down to these two steps, really. First, I must accept my own limited supply of power. The truth is, I'm pretty powerless to do much of anything on my own. And then, having done that, second, I must access God's unlimited supply of power. In faith, I must believe, I must speak, and I must act. Knowing God, He is omniscient, omnipotent. This morning we have discovered how He can do anything. In His omnipotence, He is all-powerful, He is almighty. There is nothing that is too difficult for Him. He has unlimited strength, and most importantly, God's power is available to us. The question is, will we access God's power in our daily lives? Will we appropriate God's power to get going and to keep going? In faith, will we believe it, speak it, and act upon it? The choice is ours. Let me wrap up today's lesson by reading Second Chronicles 16 and verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord... Search back and forth across the whole earth, looking for people whose hearts are devoted to him so that he can show his great power in helping them. Let's pray. God, we acknowledge today that you are all-powerful. Only you deserve the title Almighty. Only you can do anything and everything that you wish to do. And what an amazing thought that your power, that same resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead, that same almighty, omnipotent power is available to us. I pray, Lord, that we would just learn how to plug into that power in our daily living. We confess to you we're tired of living powerless, weak lives. We want to walk in your power. We want to walk in your spirit. We want to to be performing the deeds, the mighty deeds that you want us to be able to work in and through our lives on a daily basis. So God, would we just rely upon your power? Would you unleash your power once again in and through our lives, we pray. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.